The Podcast Revolution Network is a collective of independent broadcasters banded together for mutual support, success, and to raise new voices to our platform. Our shows are made possible through listeners like you supporting our cause. For more information on supporting Podcast Revolution, please visit podrev.org. That's P-O-D-R-E-V dot org. Thank you. Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I am the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 240. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And thank you very much for listening to episode number 239. Apparently, you weirdos really like that episode, and I want to thank you very much for listening to the episode because you have good taste because that episode was awesome. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> You know, it's really weird. This is episode number 240. And it's it's really weird when you do an episode or something that's really close to a milestone. Because I really think that episode 250, when you do the uh, 250th episode or something, if you had a sitcom, they'd throw a party when you hit episode 250 or something like that. It's really weird to be this close to another milestone. But I like to do things next level, people. So the heck with episode 250 and the heck with episode 300 and 350 and 400 and 450. Damn it. The next milestone for yours truly, damn it, will be episode 500. But I'm also kind of impatient. So what I'm going to do is after I record this episode, make sure it's edited and uploaded and prepared to be released on the normal release date, which is Monday, like 12 a.m. Monday Eastern Standard Time. Right after I finish recording this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to record 260 episodes back to back before I leave the house. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. That's a daunting task. You're going to record 260 hours of podcast material? (laughs) Well, the joke's on you, people. The next 260 episodes will actually be one second long. I know that's going to be kind of lame to have 260 episodes episodes of the podcast that are one second long but that's the best way to get to to 500 you know fast because that way i can move straight i I should probably not do that (laughs) so here we go folks uh let me ask you a question uh have you ever been in a relationship with someone where your friends knew you effed up by picking this person but they didn't tell your punk ass they just let you sit there and they watched in silence as you suffered. And then when the relationship falls apart and everything turns into crap, you wonder why the bastards never told you that the person you're with is nuts. And you're looking at them and they're going, we knew we knew that other person was a piece of crap. And you're going, why didn't you tell me, damn it? And they're going, you wouldn't have listened. And you also know your punk ass wouldn't have listened to him. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, that doesn't just apply to romantic relationships it really doesn't it applies to any kind of relationship now why did i bring that up last episode 239 uh, i told you about when i would go to a breakfast place and as it turns out while i was eating my breakfast a really attractive lady was hitting on me and i you know chose not to pursue her because she was a little too young not you know not illegally young she was in her early 20s but too young for me to take seriously and i was really considering just jumping on top of her not really because i have ethics but i was fantasizing about it and then i found out that she was actually a little bit on the nutso side and she kind of ruined the fantasy and i had to get away from her because she was nuts well it was the same place and there was a guy that was a new employee there working at the breakfast place you know and i'm looking at this cat and he's talking to me and talking to me and talking to me 
He probably should have been cooking, but he was talking to me and talking to me and talking to me. And I'm watching the couple that hired him kind of shoot looks back and forth at each other as if to say, why is this guy annoying people when he should be cooking? And uh, he was new, so they were going to give him the benefit of the doubt. They were going to, you know, very, oh, could you give me a hand over here? If you work at a place and your boss tells you, could you give me a hand over here? That's not a good thing. That means that you didn't know you should be doing something and that your boss knows you didn't know you should be doing something and you kind of effed up. But they're nice people and they gave him the benefit of the doubt. Even when he pulled out this bowl, which looked like a big coffee cup you'd get at one of those coffee houses and it had the, the tips on the front of him. Tip for the cook. And they let him do that. No big deal. They probably didn't. They probably wouldn't want that to happen because they never asked for tips themselves. But whatever, you know, you work at a place, you do a job, you get tips fine. But the problem was he was a little aggressive asking for tips with his little ceramic bowl. He'd slide it across in front of whoever was ordering. You know, the lady would be taking the order and the other guy would be back there cooking. And he was supposed to be cooking, too. And the new person would come in and he would engage them in conversation and then slide his bowl over. Yeah, hey, would you? Uh, oh, you guys are busy. Hey, we're not busy. Hey, we're not busy, buddy. <laughs> Slide that ceramic bowl right in front of him and make sure the point part that said tip the cook is right in front of you. So how's it going? <laughs> and he can't, you know, you know, and then the owners would look at each other like, okay, all right, he's, you know, he's the cook, and you know, we own the place, and if you want to get tips, that's okay, right? But every time a new person would come and that, but. <laughs> slide that thing right in front of the person and he's not even supposed to be taking orders he should actually be on the grill at the time but no he wanted to make sure that everybody that came and saw the bowl i'm coming in excuse me do you do you know which direction that the the person just came and asking for directions you're supposed to you're supposed to tip you calm down punk but i could tell the owners were looking at each other they were looking at like okay this guy better be good see the thing is if you're going to annoy the people that you work for, you better be damn good at your job. You better be the best cook in the history of the world. You better cook food so good that it actually jumps into your mouth, chews itself, and comes out without giving calories to you. You better be that damn good. And he was a good cook, but he wasn't as good as the owner. He wasn't an all-star cook. He wasn't an extra special cook. He was just a cook. But he was just a cook who was annoying. Oh, no. Now, my hometown team, the Philadelphia Eagles, back in Philadelphia, they had a football player by the name of Josh Huff, who was a kick returner slash receiver slash whatever, right? And he was okay. He had some talent, but he didn't produce ridiculous results. He didn't have five touchdowns in the first half of the season and 600 yards of some Pro Bowl-type numbers. Nobody was talking about him like that. He had some talent. He did a couple of things, but he wasn't an ultra star. He gets arrested for marijuana and a gun with hollow point bullets in his car in new jersey oh and at first he didn't say anything to him and you know and i turn off the radio and i go about my day i come back home i turn on the radio his ass got cut from the team now ask yourself a question do you think if josh huff had seven touchdowns and 700 yards receiving in the first half of the season, you think they would have cut his ass from the team? A hell no. People would have been making excuses. Hey, man, you know, 
you know, he's just he's just employing helping people by buying, buying bullets, man. He's buying American, man. And as far as the weed in his car, how do you know he wasn't taking that weed to starving children? You know, along with some cupcakes and some some chips. You know, because maybe the kids were starving, but they didn't want to eat because they was. And he gives them the weed. They, they smoke the weed, and then they decide to eat the chips. He he's trying to help children, okay? And and we need him to help the children. We also need him to help us beat the Giants and and and, and, and beat the Cowboys next time and get. To the playoffs <laughs> is there any way we can get some leniency from you your honor well you know i'm really really hard on people who what was he what, what was who is it was he a pro Bowl player shit i was born in philadelphia shit i know i, I know what i'm supposed to do but fuck that shit i'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the eagles your honor you're supposed to do just say yeah 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 letter of the law yeah whatever like i don't have like i don't have leniency and i don't have the ability to, to shut up punky bailiff bastard shut your punk ass up everybody knows you're a cardinals fan and how the hell are you a cardinals fan when you grew up in cherry hill new jersey you fucking sellout now shut your mouth uh now that i realize who you are i would like to say that because you have seven touchdowns and 700 yards in the first part of the year um you're going to have to do one minute of community service there's a kid in the, in the crowd go wave at him Hey, kid, that's enough. You can go home now. <laughs> okay, it wouldn't be that easy. But he definitely, let's keep it real. Superstar receivers sometimes, if they do some things and superstar people in life, if they're really good at some stuff, it's lenient. You're lenient. You let them get away with stuff. But he wasn't that good of a cook that he was going to get away with that crap. If people came in from all around the city to this breakfast place because this guy was cooking there and he was bringing in all these people and all these people were loving him and great and all the business went on top of the business and double business and triple business and all of that crap, they would have been like, hey, man, slide that ceramic bowl up and down the front of that thing as much as you want. In fact, here's a bigger bowl and here's a bowl. Here's some wheels you can put on that bowl so it'll be even easier for you to slide or roll your ceramic bowl in front of people. We would normally be annoyed by that. But the simple fact that instead of having 10 people coming in an hour, 57 people coming in an hour because of your incredible cooking. We're all for it. Please, please, please. In fact, you go cook. I'll hold the bowl and stand by the door and not let anybody in unless they tip you first. But he wasn't that good of a cook. He was an okay cook, but not that good of a cook. And I could tell he wasn't long for the world. I could tell. I could tell. So I go in there today to get my breakfast and I know that I'm going to be tipping the guy and I know the second I walk in, the ceramic bowl is going to come sliding over to me and he's going to start a conversation that has nothing to do with anything and he's going to caress that bowl like he's about to have sex with it so I'll know that it's there even though I've always tipped the bastard and I usually just throw the tip in it just to get him away from me so he'll shut the fuck up and actually cook. But he wasn't there this time. Oh whoa and i walk in and the couple's looking at each other and they're looking at me and i'm looking at them and they're looking at me and i'm looking at them and they're looking at me and i look around for him but he's not there and they look around as if to say he's not here and i say that's all i said i was actually going to start the word and they go he's not here anymore and i go oh and i didn't even ask because i knew I knew why he wasn't there, because he was so busy sliding that bowl back and forth across the damn table that he wasn't doing any damn cooking, and he wasn't that good of a cook. Not good enough for that. He was a good enough cook to get the job and to keep the job. I mean, had he not been sliding his ceramic bowl back and forth, he'd still be working there. But he was sliding the bowl, and his ass wasn't there. And part of me kind of felt bad, because he would always come up and talk to me. I could have walked up. I mean, there was a part of me that wished I could have was 
comfortable saying, dude, stop sliding the stupid bowl back and forth across the counter and annoying the people. Just put the bowl on the counter, aim it so people have to see the bowl, put it by the cash register or put it by right, right behind where you're cooking. People will see it if they like you enough. If your food is good enough, they will put some stuff in the bowl. But please don't turn away from the grill and aggressively stick the bowl in front of them like you're at church. Right. Because at church, you know what I'm talking about. You sit there and then somebody comes up with the white gloves and they put this big gold looking bowl and they hand it to the the people on the side at at the opening of the pew. And it's passed by and everybody's looking at you like you better put some money in that bowl. You bastard. You better I'll sit. Put it in. Put it in. Put it in. And that's one of the reasons why some people don't go to church. What about you broke off your ass? You just don't have any money. You, you, you just don't have it. You just don't have it. There's a difference between putting the money in that thing there and, and riding the work because you don't have any money right there. And instead of being compassionate and going, well, maybe he's not putting money in there because he just doesn't have it. I'm going to put an extra dollar in there because I know they look at you like I don't care what your situation is. God's going to come to your house, wait till you go to sleep, and he's going to chop you in the throat. And then when you wake up, he's going to push your face back down on the bed and punch you in the balls. And then when you go out of my balls, he's going to punch you in the throat. And then you're going to get up and say, please stop doing it. Then he's going to get into the running position, run at you at a high rate of speed, jump until he's horizontal and drop kick your punk ass because you didn't put the money in the bowl and that's only a slight exaggeration but that's why that guy was not working there because he kept aggressively almost panhandling while he was there and i wish i could have warned him but if you really think about it that's not the only place you wish you could have warned somebody or you wish somebody would have warned you You've been in relationships before where the person that you're with is a piece of shit, but you don't realize it because you love them, because the relationship is fresh, and your friends all know the person you're banging is a piece of crap, but they won't say anything because they don't want to wreck it for you. They don't want to mess it up, man. It's going so good for you right now. They don't want to say anything, and you really wish they would. I really wish I could have said something to that guy. Seemed nice enough wouldn't shut the fuck up but he seemed nice enough i really wish i could have warned him i really wish i could have said listen dude put the bam ceramic bowl down and stop pointing to it okay and stop trying to take my wallet out my pocket and shake it in there look at the two people behind you they're annoyed with you they're making faces behind your back, punk. And those faces are getting more intense every time they make a face. And every time they make a face, you're closer to getting fired. Don't you realize that, you dumb bastard? Well, don't you realize that? But I couldn't do it. And now it's out of there. I bring this up because I'm still angry at my friends because of my last relationship. They knew she was nuts. I didn't know she was nuts, but they knew she was nuts. But I didn't know, but they knew, and nobody warned me. See, I'm not one of those people that gets upset when people tell me the truth. I want my friends to tell me the truth. If I'm doing something dumb, tell me I'm doing something dumb, right? Don't just tease me to be funny. If I'm doing something stupid, you tell me. If you're a friend of mine and you're doing something dumb, I'm going to tell you. I don't care if it upsets you. Why? Because I care enough about you that I'd rather have you throw me out of your life for saying something that's going to help your punk ass than to stand there and act like nothing's wrong and watch you turn into a tub of shit. I had a friend of mine. I tried to help him out. He started smoking fucking crack and nobody else would say anything to his dumb ass. And I said, hey, 
You think I don't notice your fucking lips are burnt, jackass? You're on the pipe again, aren't you? What makes you think that? Well, first of all, everything in your apartment is gone because you sold it, you dumb bastard. Now, I'm gonna. You, you want some help or do you not want help? And I tried to get the bastard help and he got mad at me and threw me out of his apartment. I walked right back in because the door wasn't there because he sold that shit. I'm like, you even sold the door. He goes, that's none of your business. And I said, you're in an apartment and you got a curtain for a door because you sold the door, you stupid crack smoking bastard. He says, yeah, if you don't leave my apartment, I'm going to call the police. I said, on what? You sold your phone, fuck face. And he said, damn you, you bastard. And I said, that's right. And then he went into his bathroom and he, I think he wanted to slam the door so he could stay in the door in the bathroom while I was outside yelling at him. But once again, he had also sold the, sold the door to the bathroom. So he walked into the bathroom and he had nothing to slam. He also had nothing to sit down on because he sold the toilet, the sink, and the tub, which was also kind of unfortunate because now his, his floor was covered in water because, you know, there was no tub, sink, or you know, or anything for the water to stop the water from flooding. You know, so I, I was like, dude, you got a lot of water on your floor. And he goes, yeah, I, I smoked crack and I had to sell the tub, the sink and the, and the you know, the, the toilet. That's why there's water all over the place. I said, why don't you call your landlord? And I went, oh, that's right. You don't have a phone. And he goes, that's very funny, dude. And I said, I, I wasn't trying to be funny that time. So, you know, we didn't have nothing in his apartment. I said, come on, man, just put your coat on and we can go. And he goes, and he, I go, you sold your coat, didn't he? he goes, yeah, I sold the coat too. You know, because he was on crack and sold stuff. <laughs> That's only a slight exaggeration, by the way. <laughs> I mean, he didn't actually sell, it was one, he didn't actually sell the doors, but he did, Um, he sold the doorknobs, which he was what really happened in, in real life. He sold the doorknobs. <laughs> I walk up, I'm going, the hell is with the doorknobs? Oh, my door is broken. I'm going, you know, damn well you sold them doorknobs for like $11 or something or five bucks so you get it, you know. And his other friends were just, hey, hey, we don't notice the fact that you're rapidly losing all of your material possessions and, uh, and the fact that your mouth looks like you've been licking fire. Uh, you, and the fact that you sit there and you're shaking like a leaf. We don't notice that at all. We're just going to pretend like nothing's going on. <laughs> hey, the simple fact that you're not prostituting yourself for $3, you can have a hit of weed. We don't notice it at all. <laughs> you know, you got to sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and tell a bastard that something's wrong. You know, so I did that. And, and, and I want friends that are going to do that for me. You know, do that for me, damn it. You know, like the weight thing. I had gotten heavy. I'm still heavier than I want to be, but I'm losing the, the losing the ass. You know, and a friend of mine walked up to me, and and he. This is before I started to you know to to get back to, to made the decision to start getting back into shape permanently by making a permanent decision. Not try to get it off really quickly, but to get it off smoothly and 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 flow and to make a lifestyle change. This is before that. And it was one of the one of the catalysts to make me decide to uh, shrink my ass and get back in shape was I ran into a friend of mine and the guy comes up to me and everybody else is not saying anything. You know, 
even whatever woman I was jumping on top of at the time, she didn't say anything. She's like, yeah, let's get it on. I'm like, yeah. She goes, you know what? I really like what? I really like to be on top so I can breathe. Huh? What's it, what, so you can what? I mean, I mean, not that you're heavy on top of me or anything like that. You know, I'm just saying that I would like to be on top because, you know, being underneath you is, is crushing. Huh? I mean, I mean, I mean, you're, you're really crushing it with the loving. <laughs> it's definitely not because your big ass is pushing me through the mattress. Not because of the power of your loving, but because your big ass is throwing me down. I'm like, <laughs> so the guy comes up to me hey what's going on man how you doing hey what's going on buddy yeah um i understand you you don't go by steve no more huh no nah, i gotta go by yes anthony because you know it's a long story but i I, mean, I I wanted to use my 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 normal name but you know i couldn't find you know there was too many steve thomases in the world there was only one you know S. Anthony Thomas was the only thing I could find that they, no one else was using the name and the website was available so I decided to just change my stage name because that was the you know just to be to be a little more unique than just having it's a long story he goes yeah yeah you know what else is long uh what's that um probably your belt nigga <laughs> I was like oh Jesus Christ I can't believe it what am I I know how witty my friends are I know that there's always they're always looking for an opening to give you a good shot I know it and normally when a friend of mine would take a shot like that I mean not like that but any kind of shot at me I would laugh and enjoy the shot but this was the first time that I, I I didn't laugh at the shot I realized oh that one hit close to home and even though the other ones hit close to home it was no big deal but i was already already feeling a little self-conscious about how big i was at the time and when he said your belt nigga i didn't even notice the fact that he used the word that i don't like being used directed towards me or that i don't necessarily like to hear i just was thinking about the fact that yeah at the time my belt was long because it had to get around my big ass and everybody else was like, oh, he is kind of a fat bastard, but we didn't want to say that shit. We really didn't want to say that. You know, the simple fact that we always ordered a pizza when he was in the bathroom and made sure we got our slices first so we actually got some slices because that fat bastard would eat too much of the pizza. Mm. And, uh, you know, every time we ordered the popcorn, we always, we used to just, you know, we, we, we just make sure that we got our popcorn first and the chicken fingers first. And he would always come back outside. I'd always come back outside and go, hey, how come you guys always order the food when I'm in time until it shows up when I'm in the bathroom and you've already taken out your portions instead of, you know, what we would normally do back when I was in shape. And we would just put the shit in the middle of the table and just take out what we wanted at the time. It doesn't have anything to do with me being a big hoagie swallowing bastard does it of course not you fat slob well i mean those bastards but when he said your belt n-word i said oh in my mind outside i'm like ah that was a great joke inside oh jeez, he's right if i was to take my belt off right now it would be a long belt i don't like it that ain't good if you can take your belt off and have it hanging down to the floor where the tip of the the tip of the belt hits the floor and you could still poke yourself in the eye with the belt buckle, it's time for you to lose some weight, damn it. Right? Right? If you could you belt buckles if the tip of your belt hits the floor, your belt buckle should not hit the ceiling fan, damn it. Okay, I made it that that was a bit of an exaggeration. But he told me, your belt. This long N word. 
And at first I was slightly offended inside. I didn't let him know because you don't show weakness with people that are that witty like my friends because they'll destroy you. So I laughed it off. But I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Because I knew he was saying what everyone else was thinking. Right? And I needed to hear it. Right? Just like somebody should have told that guy at the diner, dude, stop harassing the customers with that punk-ass ceramic bowl. <sighs> hey, person that just came in, I was just wondering, I was just wondering, sir, could you please stop hitting me in the nose with a bowl and, and pointing into it? Uh, uh, what bowl? What bowl are you talking about? The one that has a picture of your child on it that says, please put some money in this bowl so my daddy can help me and, and, and feed me? And, and there's a picture of your kid with crutches on this bowl? I, I Is there a picture of kid, my kid with crutches in the bowl? I didn't notice. <laughs> Somebody should have told the bastard to calm down. Because if somebody would have told the bastard to calm down, and I feel bad that I didn't tell the bastard to calm down, I should have pulled him to the side and said, listen, dude, chill. And if he listened to me, he'd still have that job. He's probably someplace right now with a ceramic bowl at another place, annoying people with a ceramic bowl and about to get fired from that place because the bastard didn't understand why he got fired. But I like to be told the truth by my friends. And when my friend told me my belt was long because I was a fat bastard, not in those words, I realized I needed to hear that. And although right now I'm still a fat bastard, I'm not the fat bastard like that. I don't see, I can't, my belt buckle don't come up to my face when I stretch out my belt anymore because I'm not that big anymore, damn it. But what about nobody said anything to me, right? What about back then nobody said anything to me and I kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? What about that shit? Right? And then what would happen? They'd have to roll my big ass into the bar and I'd have to get my chicken fries intravenously. And I didn't want that I didn't want that to happen. I feel bad for the guy though, you know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm hoping he found another job. You know, I hope I think I think it would probably be better for him if uh if somehow that ceramic bowl falls on the floor and breaks so he can stop harassing people with that shit. Right. As far as my crack friend, the, the guy was smoking crack and sold his doorknobs. When I browbeat the bastard, and he, he got rid of me. He, I, Don't you come around me no more, man. And I hadn't seen him for a while. Right. And then a few years later, I run into him because I hadn't seen him for a while. He just literally just avoided me and avoided everybody. And I was so afraid maybe he was going to die or something. Before we could get him into any kind of help, he just kind of disappeared. And then I run into him, and he's like a, a family guy, got wife and kids, you know. He's not on crack anymore. And you know, I, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but I'm hoping and I'm just glad that he that he that he cleaned himself up, you know. And I think it would I would have felt bad that I have had I not said anything. You know, like my jackass friends who didn't tell me what a tub of shit I was not. Well, then again, mirrors probably did that at the time, but mirrors lie sometimes. <laughs> and he comes up to me and he goes, thanks, man. I go, for what? He goes, for getting in my ass about me on the crack. And I said, the crack? You were a crackhead. I mean, I mean, I, I would figure that you'd be hip enough not to refer to it as the crack because you actually were used crack. And he goes, see, it's been so long since I used the crack that I actually call it the crack instead of crack. 
<laughs> we shared that like moment. <laughs> His wife and kids had walked a little further all the way to give some privacy to him and me, and we were talking. And I said, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And I said, good. He goes, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, uh, you know, at first when you told me that I was being a jackass or being on crack, I was mad at you. That's why I didn't talk to you anymore. I was a little embarrassed. I was a little embarrassed by the fact that I sold my doors in my bathroom and I was sitting on a floor full of water when I didn't want to. I, I felt bad and I had to get away from everybody. I had to start my life fresh. And now that I started my life fresh, everything's great. And I want to say thanks, man, for saying what you said about me being a crackhead and browbeat me about that crap. And now I don't use crack at all. And I said, hey, man, it wasn't me. It was you. You're the one that had the resolve. You're the one that had to make that made the life change. I'm just glad that I was able just a little bit to have a little teeny bit of making you realize that you should stop smoking crack. And he said, you're right. And I hugged him. And I said, all right, we exchanged information for social media. And I walked away. And he walked away. And he walked towards his family. And I waved to the family. And they waved back at me. And they started across the street. And then they all approached the car and pulled out guns and stole the car from the guy and drove off. And I called him on his cell phone. I said, did you just carjack that people? And he goes, yeah. And I go, what the fuck is wrong with you? He goes, listen, I replace crack sales and smoking crack by opening up a family carjack ring. And you better not say nothing because I now have all your information. And you better not put it on your podcast. Oh, shit, I should probably cut this part out. Well, you know, I mean, at least he's not smoking crack, you know. I don't think it's a good influence on his family, the simple fact that there's a mother and father and two teenagers that are now, you know, will have a family carjack business. But, you know, it's it's nice to do things together as a family. You know what I mean? You know, I, I really wish that I had, you know, had, had, had a family like that where we could start a business together. I, I wouldn't want it to be a family carjack ring, but, you know, I feel, okay, that that is not true. <laughs> now I just ran into him and... uh He's not on crack. He's, he's got a wife and kids and everything's cool right now. All the rest of that shit was a complete lie. But I think you probably figured that part out. So all I'm saying is, man, you know, I like to have friends around me and people around me that will tell me the truth. And it's good to tell people around you the truth. It should be constructive criticism, but it should be the truth. And you should tell people when they're doing something dumb. Because if somebody had told that guy, because he had friends, that guy back at the diner, he had friends that came in and saw him working. If he had a cool a friend that was like, yo, man, chill on the damn ceramic bowl, man. Stop sliding that shit in front of people, bruh. You know what I mean? You keep sliding stuff in front of people, you're going to annoy people, man. People may not have enough money to tip your punk ass. Calm down. People who want to tip are going to tip. People who aren't going to tip aren't going to tip. But if they come into the place going, this jackass is going to run up to me with a damn bowl and embarrass me in front of everybody, they're not even going to come in. Then maybe he'd still be working. And I'm glad my friends told me that I was a tub of shit. I appreciate that. And to my former crack-smoking friend whose name I will never use under any circumstances, I know you're listening. I'm proud of you, you bastard. I'd be more proud of you if you, if, you, know, if you would give me back the mighty Toyota Camry because I really didn't appreciate the fact that, you know, the other day I was going to the supermarket and you, your wife, and your two kids pulled out guns and took my car. Just give me my shit back, man. All right? 
bastard carjacking family. Fucking steal my. I don't mind if you carjack other people, but you carjack the mighty Toyota. Ca- Hold on. I just got a text message. He feels bad. I feel bad that I stole the t- mighty Toyota Camry from you, and I'm going to bring it back. Sorry about that, bro. It was just old habits because of the family carjack ring that I, that I started, and I'm going to bring your car back. Yeah, well, hold on. Make sure I'm texting back before I end this segment. Hold on. We had a full tank of gas when you stole it, mother sucker. You better have a full tank of gas when you bring it back. Also, seeing as how you're coming to the house to bring me back my car, if you want to make me feel better about this whole situation, you will bring me a large sausage pizza and a soda and some chips and salsa. I'm going to consider that you saying you're sorry. Send. All right. So what I'm saying is, folks, be sure to make sure that you tell your friend. Hold on. Your text message back here. Hold on. Okay, he's bringing the pizza and the sauce, and he says he's sorry for stealing the car. Okay, so anyway, folks, uh, I just want to say that thank you uh, for everything. You know, thank you guys for being some, the, the constructive criticism that I got from you. You know, you guys are real good friends to me, and I really appreciate everything that you do. And as you know, and I just want to say right now, like if you're if you're good friends with somebody, and if your friend starts effing up, then you need to help them out by telling them the truth. You know, that's what a friend does. You know, it'll save your friends some problems. <clears throat> All right, of course, of course I'm right, damn it. Segment over. Okay, folks, now what I want to talk about, this is this is an interesting thing. A lot of times you, you find yourself getting inspired by things. I was watching, uh, I was on YouTube just looking for something to entertain myself while I finished uh, a sandwich, and I ran across uh, football player Shannon Sharp's NFL Hall of Fame speech. And it was a good speech. And he was talking about how he was driven and driven and driven by the poverty that he's that he suffered through when he was a child and how he wanted to be able to take care of his family and his mom and all of that kind of stuff. And how he was able to overcome adversity just by the you know, by working hard and being inspired and having this fire inside of him that made him want to be better and better and better. And as it turns out, when he retired, he had all the records. You know, now I think they've been broken by Tony Gonzalez, but I mean when he retired, he had all the records. And that's the thing that always, always wondered about is what is what is it is what do people have that inspires them that makes them want to do stuff? You ever see somebody that's just really great, and they've literally already gotten to the point where their legacy is secure. They are secure. They are going to be considered one of the best, and there's nothing that can happen that can take that away. Nothing. They got it. It's over. And that person still keeps working as if they have something to prove right like the michael jordans of the world already the best still working to try to prove he was the best basketball player comes back and he's got more muscle on him he's he added some shots this that and the other tiger woods is the best player in the world at the time you know was winning all the all the majors and all of that crap changes his swing tries to improve it Right, you got people like Prince already got all sold all the records, already had all the awards, was still up at night working his ass off, doing all those things. He had nothing to prove for decades. He had already solidified his position as one of the most geniuses and all that kind of stuff. But he still worked hard, right? Rest in peace, Prince. So 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 what I'm saying is when I see these people, it inspires me, man. 
I label them part of the Satisfast Bus Club. And I know I want to be in the Satisfast Bus Club. That's what I want to be. You know, I remember what it was like to look into the mirror, right? And not look and see what I see now. I remember looking in the mirror and looking at myself standing in the mirror with my shirt off, you know, and I saw the little slices with the six pack and the double pack and the triple pack and all of that crap and look at the back and all of that crap. And I'm looking at that and I'm looking at it and I'm going, I was a fat kid and now look at look what's in the mirror. I can't be more fit or healthy or ripped than I am right now. Look at that crap. I had my goal. I worked hard for two years to go from a fat tubby shit into somebody who was walking down the street and had women yelling out the window of their car what they wanted to do to my butt and lick stuff and all of that crap and it was great i wasn't used to hearing that crap unless it was somebody i was already dating but now random women in los angeles in a town with good-looking people were yelling about stuff they wanted to do to the king to the king's butt and by the king i mean me and i had achieved that goal i was now in shape i didn't have to lose any more weight it was no body fat to lose. I just had to maintain this. Maybe I can fine-tune a thing here or there, but it wasn't really necessary. I didn't really need to do anything. And the funny thing about it is what happens to a lot of people, myself included, because as, as we all know now, I ain't in that kind of shape yet. Again, yet. But sometimes you, you get kind of satisfied. You work hard. You get to that place where you want to be, and you just kind of, stop you just kind of get lazy you get like i already got it i'm there damn it i ain't gotta do crap and that happens to a lot of people but it doesn't happen to the people that are kicking ass doesn't happen to the people that are whooping ass in the world why because they're part of the saddest fast bus club and i know what you're thinking Dude, you said that word a bunch of times. What is the saddest fast bus club? The saddest fast bus club, I say saddest fast bust. That's somebody who has a combination of being satisfied with where they are, but still want to bust their ass to get better, right? Because a lot of times you, you become satisfied and then you get lazy and you let yourself slide back into the crap that you were doing, Right? And then you fall off the cliff and your life turns into a bunch of crap and everything falls apart again. Then you get all inspired. Ah, look what happened, damn it. I, I can't let this stand. You get all motivated again. You bust your ass. You become, you get back to where you need to get to. You get to that point where you're satisfied. You slide back down the hill. And that's what happened to me with the weight loss, man. That's what happened to me, man. I got satisfied with where I was. I worked hard. I was a fat tubby shit and I got in the shape and now women are yelling about wanting to do stuff to me and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing the girlfriend who was with me when I like three quarters of the way through the fat bastard thing and now she's looking at me a way that she never looked at me before but even though she looked at me in a cool way she never looked at me like that and all of that kind of crap and all of a sudden now when other women come around she was extra huggy and lovey-dovey and kissing on me and crap in front of other women before you know, she she kind of marked her territory. She marked her territory a little bit because I'm kind of cute and kind of funny, even when I'm a fat tub of shit. I'm still kind of cute and kind of funny, and women still kind of, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? So she kind of marked her territory a little bit. You know, she you know she put a little, you know, it's like it, it, it would be the difference when I was a fat tub of shit 
even a fatter tub of shit than I am now, even though this tub of shit is quickly becoming a less fat tub of shit. She, you know, it was like somebody to put like a little, like a little marking on the door, you know, like put a little thing on the door. This property is owned. A little, th- little sign on the door, man. Maybe a little sign on the window. Maybe a little sign on the lawn, right? You know, it wasn't too obvious, but if it, came, if it came down to it, she had marked her territory. I mean, I know this is not the best building, but it's a nice building. It's a great building and it's mine and you can't get up in it. And I was that building and she marked her territory a little bit. When I started going to the gym every day and drinking the protein shakes and the double shakes and all of that crap and working out and drinking the water and doing the crunches and sit-ups and the quadruple crunches and the running and miles and the lifting and flip back flips and flipping and yoga and then all of that crap and I look like a damn male model, all of a sudden it wasn't enough to put the sign in the front. It wasn't enough to put the sign in the window. It wasn't enough to put a little thing on the door. Oh, when she marked her territory, she marked her territory. All of a sudden, like I said, instead of just going, you know, every once in a while, if somebody was talking to me a little bit too long, she'd walk up and say, hey, I'm just going to go get us something to drink, okay? And she's, he, she'd hit the word us a little hard. I'm going to get us something to drink. You know, they're like, listen, you little, I saw you over there, and you talked to him a little, you smiling a little too much. So I'm going to throw the word us in your face and let you know that that's mine, and then I'm going to go off. I'm not really coming back with the drinks, but I just wanted you to know that I was here that's what her action said but when i had the six pack the double pack and the triple pack and all of that crap and i had the, the, the you know, everything was looking all tight and muscled up and everything and the kind of you know you when you wear a shirt when you're in that kind of shape you can still see the six pack through the shirt and the thing that that and all of that crap and you're not a fat tub of shit so all of a sudden when you're in your jeans all of a sudden since you don't have the extra body fat all of a sudden it's almost like your junk has arrows pointing to it because there's no fat on your legs and it's like hey look at all of that and then she walks over and now she's super protective now she's hugging on me now she's damn near making out with me in front of other women like get away from this i'm banging this mine 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 now instead of a, a damn sign in front of the door and all of that crap she's got the military police she's got the SWAT team she's got the national guard she's got the green beret and the damn seal teams one through seven all in front going this is hers back off bitch don't even think about it right so i remember looking like that and being sliced up like that i remember what it was like right I mean, come on, I looked good, damn it. I looked real good, and I was satisfied with how I looked. Oh, I was satisfied with how I looked. I was hot and sexy. Not just because I'm now with my little cuteness and funniness and my little personality and being the cute old guy. No, 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 no. I was hot, damn it. That's right. Oh, I looked in the mirror and looked at myself, and I'm going, you are hot. I was so hot, I couldn't help it. I even banged me. Yeah, that's right. I used to bang the crap out of myself back then, even though every, the, the, my girlfriend was banging the crap out of me, but I still banged the crap out of myself. Not because I wanted to, but because I was so damn hot, because look at me in that mirror. And I know some of you are going, don't you bang yourself now? Of course I bang myself now. But I bang myself now more out of obligation and because I've been with myself for so long. <laughs> don't judge me. Shut up, punks. But you're going, wait a minute, man. If you were a fat kid and a fat teen, well, well, yeah, fat, most of my teens, yeah. And you got in shape and you had the six pack and the triple pack and the double pack and all of that crap. Why the hell did you become a fat tub of shit again? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because I got satisfied. 
I was satisfied. And all of a sudden, you know, you were 163, ripped up, 170, ripped up with the muscles and triple muscles and quadruple muscles, 175. I'm not as good a shape as I was, but I'm still in a good 180. 192, and so on and so forth. Oh, no. What happens? You start justifying it. Well, I mean, you know, you know, I still look good. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a few pounds overweight, but you know, I mean, I'm not a big tub of shit as I was back then. I mean, look at me now. <laughs> right? Well, there were other people that I knew that were even bigger tubs of crap than I was then, but they were so motivated. Instead of, my motivation was just get this off me so I know what it looks like to look good. See, know what it's like to look good. When you say know what it's like to look good, all you're asking yourself to do is to just get there to experience it once and then you're cool. Where the other people that I knew that were fat tubs of shit like I was then, their motivation was I don't ever want to be unhealthy again ever so even when they got in shape they were satisfied with being in shape they knew what the alternative was if they ever stopped and they were not gonna let it happen oh no oh no even though they were satisfied they were happy with what they saw in the mirror what did they do they kept busting their ass because they never wanted to go back See, I was thinking about my mindset at the time, and I literally remember going, I want to know what it looks like to look in the mirror and be proud of what I see when I look at the Elbado in the mirror. I really had that feeling. I just wanted to know what it felt like, and I found out what it felt like because I looked in the mirror, and I liked what I saw. Six-pack, chiseled chest, women wanting to bang the crap out of me. My girlfriend... I could tell the difference between the way she banged the crap out of me when I was a big tub of shit and the way she damn near banged herself into fucking oblivion when she was when I was in good shape. You think I don't know the difference? I know the difference between and I really love you and I want to get it on with you and we get it on. It was great getting it on sessions. I know what that's like and that was awesome. But I also know what it's like, and this never happened when I was a fat tub of shit, walking into her house and, and saying hi, and then all of a sudden my belt and pants are already off. And I'm going, well, they weren't tearaway pants, but apparently they are now. Well, now that I've ripped your pants off, I guess you can't leave anytime soon, huh? I know the difference. I know when someone's getting it on with me because they love with me, and I know when they, someone's getting it on with me because they want to bang the crap out of me because my body looks so good. And I also know what it's like because when you have the combination of the two. And it was in the beginning, it was because she loved me. And then I got in good shape. She was banging the crap out of me because I looked so good. And then it went back to her banging the crap out of me because I looked so good and she loved me. And I was a little resentful. I was like, wait a minute, you never banged the crap out of me like this. Actually, I was thinking that when she wasn't around because, you know, I'm not stupid. I wanted to have the crap banged out of me. <laughs> Don't judge me, bastards. So I had to remember that I had to join the club, the Satisfast Bus Club. It's okay to be satisfied when you become successful, but it's something you have to do in addition to that. If you want to stay there, you got to keep busting your ass. It's really weird to see someone coming from where you are. It happens in your career, too. 
you know, you 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 get really good and you you you're one of the best at what you do and you're climbing and climbing and climbing and you start to become satisfied because you already know you're among the best and you get satisfied and you get lazy. I'm already among the best, you know what I mean? And then everybody else who's at your level or whatever, or skill or whatever, maybe even a little less, maybe a little more or whatever, but they are never going to stop busting their ass. And then you see where they are and you're going, wait a second, I'm still as good as this person. But no, you didn't bust your ass. You got lazy. You got the saddest part, but you didn't get the fast bus part. You got satisfied, but you didn't keep busting your ass. And they kept busting your ass. And now look at where they are and look at where you are. Oh, no. And it's funny. I made a it, one of the things I did when I when I decided to make some changes in my life to get to be better at what I'm doing and to get back to where I was at least and then zoom past that point and become what I dream to be and what I think I I really can be is I have a dry erase board that I have on, on my wall and I use that dry erase board it's a big one so I use it sometimes to remind myself of crap that I'm going to do. But now I use my phone for that. So, you know, you put your reminders in your phone and your phone goes beep, beep, beep. You should be doing this bullshit, you dumb bastard. You almost forgot to do it, you dumb bastard. So I don't have to put reminders on the on the dry erase board anymore. Obviously, I don't need it for a calendar. So what I usually do is I usually put podcast topics and podcast outlines on the board. So I'll know what I'm talking about, what order I'm going to talk about them in. And I'm working on a new stand-up show that I want to, you know, take around and go back to doing stand-up full-time. And I'm I'm putting notes for shows. Oh, do this this bit goes here, that bit goes there. Okay, take this. I'll put that. And that that so the board's basically that. And I still had some board left. And I was thinking, well, while I'm here, why don't I just analyze some stuff and see what the deal is? And then the people that are the most successful that I know personally. And the people that I know famous that are successful, what the hell are they doing and how the hell are they doing? And that's when I came up with the word satisfast bust. Because these people are happy and satisfied, but still motivated to bust their ass. And that's why they're winning. There's even people that aren't satisfied and bust their ass. And they're winning. They're not happy because they don't, they're not allowing themselves to be happy. But they're still, but they're successful. And I don't want to be successful and miserable. And I don't want to be happy and unsuccessful. Because if you have pieces of that word, you're satisfied, but you're not busting your ass. Boy, you're busting your ass, but you're not satisfied. It's not good enough. I don't want to be somebody that's rich and pissed off and miserable and, oh, life stinks and sucks and blows. Oh, this sucks. I don't want to be that guy. I also want to, don't want to be that guy that's walking around, hey, everything's fantastic, everything's great. <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute. I have to stand outside the back of this KFC and hope I can catch some half-chewed chicken wings that they throw in the trash can because I don't have any money. No. And by the way, I'm not making fun of homeless people when I say that. I'm just using that as an illustration of someone that doesn't have enough. And the only reason they don't have enough in that particular thought experiment is because they're not putting in the work. So do not misinterpret that. Thank you. So you have to have all the pieces, you know? It's like a it's like a, like when you're working on a computer. You could have all of the code could be right. You could just have a comma or a period missing. 
and that's the only thing missing and the website the program will not work one number off from the combination the lock doesn't open you need all the parts and i started to get to the point where i have the satisfaction part down i'm kind of happy right now I'm happy with the way my podcast sounds. I'm happy with the jokes that I'm writing that are going to be in the show that hopefully everybody will come out to see when I'm finished with it. But I've wised up. See, now I know it doesn't matter if I'm happy with my podcast. Yeah, people are listening to it. But I'm still busted my ass to make it better on a regular basis because I want to be as good as I can possibly be. And you know what I'm talking about. The people that are podcasters, that are, that are podcasters, part of the Potter family, that I'm listening to your shows and you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. People that are civilians to the podcast world, you know daggone well there are parts of you, parts of your life that you're satisfied with. But now that you're satisfied with them, you're not going to put the work in anymore. I mean, your wife and kids are happy. I don't have to take her out anymore. I mean, I already married her, right? I don't have to tell him he looks any, he looks good, but I don't have to tell him he's handsome and let him know that he's an important guy to me anymore. I already married the bastard. I don't have to do that, right? My kids know I love him. I don't have to play video games with my son. He knows I love him. I don't have to, you know, play video games with my daughter or do whatever. I know they love. Throw a football with him. Ah, that's all right. You know, no big deal. Everything's great. I don't have to hang out with my friends and kick it with them and be good. You know, I mean, I already got him with long term. I don't know how to do all of that crap. Right? Right? Wrong. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the inadvertent Trump impression. <laughs> <laughs> wrong you gotta keep doing it man you gotta have all the parts and I'm working on the satisfied part I'm starting to get satisfied with the level of stuff I'm putting together but I'm wise enough to realize to get where I really want to go to be excellent to be one of the best ever at whatever I do I still have to bust my ass i want to be part of the satisfast bust club because those are the people that win and i think i think it's going to happen i can smell it. i i have that motivation remember in the beginning i talked about shannon sharp's nfl um, hall of fame speech that burning desire to be what you're supposed to be and to take care of people I have to become a part of the Satisfast Bus Club. I have no choice. Failure's not an option, man. I don't have any kids, but I do have relatives, you know, who have things that I know that at some point I'm going to have to help take care of or take care of them. I know it. So failure's not an option. Failure is not an option. And I now understand when I watched that speech, which I was moved by, I understand what he's talking about. I know what it's like to have people that you love and you want to give them things or help them achieve things and help them have things. And the only way to do that is to be satisfied with what you're doing, meaning performing at a high level, but need to bust your ass to be better. I can feel it. I can feel that, quote, burning desire, unquote. 
So I think it's a foregone conclusion that I'm going to get what I want. And I know if there's somebody out there, no matter where you're listening, I know that no matter what, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in Australia, Great Britain, France, Canada, wherever, and of course here in the United States, wherever you're listening, I know for a fact there's something that you're good at and you're starting to get that feeling, I got this. I got it. I'm the top sales manager. Say, I got this. I'm I'm the best doctor. And and I got doesn't matter. No matter how good you are, you can be better. And if you're satisfied with where you are, that's great. But just because you're satisfied where you are, doesn't mean you can't bust your ass to be better. It doesn't mean that. I call it the Satisfast Bus Club. And it's unfortunately have has a limited membership because not enough people not enough people join. Well, I'm putting in my papers. I am going to be a permanent member of the Satisfast Bus Club. That's going to happen. And that's what I want for you too, you bastards. You know, Get in there, man. Come in there and join me in the Satisfast Bus Club. There's a lot of room in here because not a lot of people want to come in here because it requires too much effort. But a lot of things that require effort lead to big rewards, don't they? Oh, yeah. So let's do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Segment over. This is going to be just a little short thing here. I'm just going to tack this on here because this happened recently. And somebody asked me before, do you have a guilty pleasure? You know, you have a guilty pleasure TV program. And I don't. I don't have a guilty pleasure TV program because I don't believe in being guilty about pleasures. As long as it's something that isn't unethical unethical or, or mean or nasty or anything like that. You know, if I watch a show that's kind of a stupid show and it makes me laugh or I enjoy it, I don't feel guilty about that pleasure. I don't. But I finally did run across something that made me feel guilty of that gave me pleasure. It's not what you think, you freaking sick bastards. Calm down. I have a little friend of mine, and I say little friend of mine. I'm only 5'8 in chains. This guy's actually Kevin Hart size, okay? And no, it's not actually Kevin Hart. I don't know Kevin Hart. But this guy's Kevin Hart size, okay? Little, little guy. But the guy is one of the toughest bastards I've ever met in my life. I mean, he is an ass whip machine, but because he knows he's an ass whip machine, he goes way out of his way to make sure that he doesn't whip people's asses. And I commend him for that. Right. So we're someplace and there's a guy who won't leave him alone, just keeps bothering him because he's a little guy and he thinks he can just pick on the little guy. And my friend's temperament is very, very even. Takes a lot to get him going. And this guy was going and going and going and going. And I was getting a little tired of it. And I know he didn't need my protection, but I just got a little, I was like, can we just enjoy our whatever, our day, we're just chilling. And I go, yo, dude, come on, man, just chill. I go, ain't nothing wrong with you, man. Well, you bitch, I'll kick your ass too. And I'm looking at him thinking, <laughs> okay. And I look over at my friend and I can see, you know how you have your gas tank in your car and you put your gas in the car and then when you, when you, you, you fill the car up and then you get into the car and you turn the car and then the gas gauge and you can see it moving from empty to full very quickly. That's what was happening in his face. I know his full face, and his full face is what happens moments before the ass whip machine turns on. And I tried again. Come on, man. You mind your business, man? Kick your ass. And I'm going, okay, okay. 
And I looked over my friend's face and the ass whip gauge went to full, which means something was about to happen to the dude who just wouldn't stop. This guy was given, starting to get loud. He was starting to get a little bit physical. And he did not realize that he had already, without his knowledge, had a ticket to ass whip city left for him at the will call window. You see, my friend, like I said, is a tiny guy, but not only a tiny guy, but he's a tiny guy that looks like he belongs on the cover of Punk Ass Magazine. You know, in this month's Punk Ass Magazine, it's Anthony's friend. Look at him. Doesn't he look like a punk ass? Of course he does. That's why he's on the cover. But as it turns out, you'd realize that if he was on the cover of Punk Ass Magazine, it would be one of those ironic titles, right? Like when you see a guy who's not a superstar actor, who's not known for his looks, and on the cover of a magazine that doesn't normally have a sexiest man alive cover puts him on the cover and says sexiest man alive when you know the man ain't sexy they're just being funny and they're mocking the sexiest man sexiest man alive covers by putting them on the cover well if he was on the cover of punk ass magazine it would be one of those covers an ironic cover because this kid well he's not a kid anymore this kid is definitely not a punk ass So I sit back down and I pick up my Subway sandwich and I begin munching on it. And this guy won't leave it alone. So my friend walks outside, I think probably to give this guy one last chance. The guy follows him outside and he's getting even more physical. And my friend, how can I put this politely, put put that guy's ass through the washing machine, through the dryer, through the ringer, and hung his ass out in the sun to dry as bird shit on him on the clothesline. A.K.A. he whooped his ass, whooped his ass, and then whooped his ass. And sometimes when you whoop a person's ass, they're thinking revenge. I'll get you or they'll keep coming. But I have a feeling that the ass whipping that this person took was one of those ass whippings where you realize I should not have done that. I need to leave this person alone. And what made it worse was the fact that as I ate my sandwich looking out the window, I was laughing hysterically as this guy was getting Mo Howard smacked around. The only thing my friend didn't do was go, because he was getting his ass whipped like Curly Howard. Yeah, I said it. And normally I'm not a big fan of non-sports violence. I love the UFC and Bellator and all of that crap. Love that crap. Normally I don't like violence in the real world, but I was laughing hysterically as this tiny guy beat the shit of a guy twice his size. That was my guilty pleasure. But guess what? Much like a television program that's funny that other people go, that's kind of lowbrow for you. Yeah, well, it's still funny. And yeah, I felt pleasure and I damn sure didn't feel guilty. So that's the answer to that question. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Yes. Watching my microscopic friend beat up a blue whale of a guy and leave him walking away like a punk ass bitch. And as it turns out, The guy who got his ass whipped, his ass was now going to be on the cover of Punk Ass Magazine, but not in an ironic way. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Segment over. Well, folks, this has been this episode of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast, episode number two, four, zero. And I want to thank you, as always, for your for your kindness, for your love, for your support for your kind words much love to all my sass bastards i love all of you thank you very very much um to the sass bastards in australia thank you with your giant spiders and all them weird ass animals 
Eventually, I'm going to come there to do some shows, but I'm going to need you guys to go through my hotel room and make sure there's no damn huntsman spiders and all of that fucking oversized shit in there. Because if I see that shit, I'm on the plane out. (laughs) To my Great Britain bastards, much love to you. To my Canadian sass bastards, much love to you. To my American sass bastards, much love to you. The email to me is, of course, talk to Anthony at gmail.com. My Twitter is at, is, uh, at S. Anthony Thomas. The show's Twitter is at S. Anthony Says. And uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram, of course, S. Anthony Thomas. Shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, the Podcast Revolution Network. And as it turns out, drum roll. The show has its own. The show has its own. The show has its own website. You'll never guess what it's called. What is it called? Well, for person who's really me doing a high voice to the right side of the microphone, the website for this show is SAnthonySays.com. So check it out. Much love to you all. Thank you for your support. If you love the show, make sure you rate and review it on iTunes or whatever the hell you're listening to this wonderfulness on. And tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to check this show out. And subscribe. Subscribe. Much love to every last one of you. I appreciate you coming back every week. And it doesn't matter to me where you listen, whether you're listening in the car, because I've seen pictures of you sending pictures in of you listening to your car. Thank you very much for those sending me pictures of them listening in their cars. It doesn't matter if you're riding on a lawnmower. One of you weird bastards actually sent a picture of you riding a lawnmower listening to this. (laughs) I hope you didn't chop somebody up by mistake. Um, It doesn't matter whether you're listening in your car, your lawnmower, on a treadmill, walking down the street. Thank you for letting me into your ears, your minds, your hearts. Much love to every last one of you bastards. And I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye on the count of three. Say it with me. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out. Go. S.